with the best brand of football in Idaho, this is the 8-Man PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Idaho 8-Man PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Will Henneke. Will, what's going on? Not much. Just living the dream yourself. Yeah, the same, the same. Uh, getting ready for for football season. We kind of had a soft opening last week for some of the bigger schools in week zero, and yeah, I was going to say, getting ready. You're you've already done a game, haven't you? Yeah, I was uh, up in Missoula for the rugby Lane game uh, last week, which was awesome. You know, those five A schools can really bring it. But of course, we love talking about the eight man game as well, which is what we do every week here on the Idaho Eight Man Prepcast. A couple of different ways you can get this each week: audio only at idahosports.com across the top of the homepage, there's a tab that says prep casts with a little drop down menu you click on idaho eight man prep cast and you rock and roll from there uh you can also download this podcast to wherever you download your podcasts google apple spotify stitcher etc video version of this prep cast is also available each week on the idahosports.com youtube channel as well as our facebook page so i thought we could just kind of go conference by conference and kind of just give a couple of thoughts on on how these league races will shape up this year and then we can kind of look at the schedule of of opening games on the eight-man slate this weekend as well um so let's start at the 1a d1 level will Uh, to me there's more intrigue at the d1 level whereas in in d2 you have a really dominant returning state champion in kendrick so uh at the d1 level uh, to me it's pretty wide open a good bet though would be that somebody from district four uh will be in the mix because that conference is always so difficult and oakley is the two-time defending champion coming from that district as well yeah it's a very good conference oakley's got a lot of talented players back uh, Bryce Severe, Ethan Torvald, you just kind of go up and down the line there. They've got a lot of good players coming back, but Raft River has good players coming back. You know, enter Carey. Carey has a lot of good players coming back. Uh, Murtaugh. I think Murtaugh has one of the most uh, uh, kind of unknown quantities in, in Junior Benitez. He's a really good, I mean, I don't know what his final stat line was last year, but it seemed like every time I was hearing about him, oh, did you see he had 230 yards and four touchdowns last week. You know, I mean, every time I was hearing his name, it was because he was putting up some monster, monster numbers. Now, Murtaugh has to replace some some pretty good football players that are no longer on that team, but they're going to be a factor in there as well. And with the way 1A D1 goes with five automatic qualifiers, uh, or actually it might be four automatic qualifiers now since there's technically not a, a, a District 1 league anymore. And then you've got the at-large teams. There's going to be some good representation at-large from uh, that District 4. And there's also the possibility that a pretty good team in District 4 might get kind of knocked down because they're having to play Raft River, Cary, Oakley, just up and down that list. And they might take some lumps based on that. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say it's going to cost them because I think the better the competition to play you play, the better the team you are. Uh, but it might overshadow maybe um, how good a team potentially is just because they're playing some of the best teams in the state on a weekly basis. 
Yeah. So we we asked every coach to kind of give us their their preseason prediction on how the league would shake out. And we did these preseason conference uh, coaches polls. And you can see all of them on our site, IdahoSports.com. It's on the homepage. We did it for every league, 5A all the way down to 1AD2. In this district, the Snake River Conference, uh, Oakley was picked first. And then, to me, kind of kind of interesting, Lighthouse Christian was picked second in the preseason coaches poll. Raft River was third, Cary four, Valley five, Murtaugh six, and Glens Ferry seven. I see seven really good teams, and beyond Oakley being kind of the consensus because they've earned it as the two-time defending champ. I don't know. You could slot two through seven just about anyway. You, you can pull a lot of those teams out of a hat, frankly, and Lighthouse Christian uh... – I'm not going to say they won't finish second. The thing that they might do a little differently is I think a lot of eight-man football teams in Idaho, they're they're kind of run-first teams that can throw. Um, you know, I get the impression Lighthouse wants to drop back and wing it around a little bit. They have some incredible athletes on the outside. They've got tremendous speed. They want to spread things out. They want to utilize that speed, and that can make for that can make for tough matchups if you're not used to covering four wides or three wides, you know, kind of a vertical attack, if you will, getting down the field. If you're not used to covering it, it's really hard to simulate in practice, which can make it tough on a Friday night. So Lighthouse Christian, they're going to be a tough matchup. They're going to be a tough team. And if if they can fill in and if they can adapt quickly to, to head coach Jason Smith and his new system, they're, they're going to be a tough team. And they're definitely, they're absolutely going to be one of those teams that's, that's going to be, they're going to be competing for a spot. Yeah, they've got so many good athletes uh, at Lighthouse Christian. I got to see them at the uh, 1A D1 State Basketball Tournament last year. And then during track and field season, Walker Gettle really came onto my radar because he he put up some very impressive times in the 1, 2, and 400-meter sprints. Yeah, yeah. They've got a ton, a ton, a ton of speed. And uh, the one thing that uh, I actually joked with Coach Smith about is they open, and and I might get the order wrong, so don't hold this against me, but they open with grace who was a playoff team. And then they go in some order of Cary, Butte County, Raft River, Oakley. Now, anywhere between 5-0 and 0-5, and 0 and 5, are you going to be shocked? Because those are, those are all good football teams. None of those teams are a joke. <laughs> and so, you know, Lighthouse Christian may be 2-3, and three, and they might be the best 2-3 and three team in the state of Idaho. Definitely. And like we said, we'll have to see how the rest of that league shakes out. Of course, Raft River lost a lot to graduation, um, including some really talented linemen. Uh, Carey is making the jump from D2 to D1. We think they're going to be just fine, though. Valley is making the the jump the other way from 2A to 1A D1. But they're a young team. They've got, um, you know, some on the job learning to do this year. And then Merton and Glens Ferry, I think, are also wild cards. So. Yeah, leave. wild cards is a good way to put them. Uh, Glens Ferry last year, they weren't physically like they weren't huge. They didn't have a bunch of 250 pound, you know, steamrollers. But what they had is they had a lot of good athletes. Um, and and I think Murtaugh kind of falls in that same category on any on any given Friday. You know, if the matchup is right, if the if the situation is right, you know, hey, they're they're going to be in a lot of football games this year, and they're going to have a chance to to have a say in this. Definitely. Um, Glenn's Ferry uh, played in the eight man classic last year. And uh, one of our Idaho sports.com broadcasters, Logan Green, like fell in love with them. He was really impressed by even though they lost that game and they kind of struggled through the season. He, he kept telling me every week, like, hey, 
it's it's one of these weeks it's going to come together for glenn's ferry like he could see the pieces um in place and so i didn't get to personally see glenn's ferry last year but i know logan did and he was really impressed with what he saw so yeah one of their top players from last year justice schrader transferred to lighthouse christian uh, of, of all schools we know we're just talking about them so that's gonna that's gonna impact them a little bit but they've they've got some kids that can can play football and can make plays and i think anybody that overlooks on them it, it's I think Logan's right. I think they they are going to be capable of jumping up and biting someone who isn't paying attention. Definitely. Well, in terms of 1A D1 football, the other big league everyone always has to talk about is the White Pine League. Oh man, there's some fun football up north on the on the Camas Prairie in the White Pine League. All the games always seem to be like 60 to 50 and just shoot shootouts on offense. And so uh, here's how the preseason poll looked for the White Pine League. And again, you know, I think you could slot these eight teams in pretty much any order and be somewhat correct. Lapway, the preseason favorite. Prairie, number two. Kamii, three. Clearwater Valley, four. Genesee, five. Logos, six. Potlatch, seven. Troy, eight. Let's start at the top with Lapway has been getting a lot of buzz uh, because they got to the semifinals last year. They brought back some some really explosive pieces from that team last year. And I was I was ready to buy into the hype. But then all of a sudden, I find out that Lapway has to drop out of the eight-man classic. Um, and what I was told was that it was over a concern of low numbers. And again, I don't know if that's low numbers for the program or low numbers for that first game because maybe they weren't going to have enough kids to get their their 10 practices in but that made me just pause for a moment but there's no denying that lapway has some incredibly talented athletes well the thing that made me pause with lapway is is finding out that sage lone bear won't be playing for lapway this year he has made the decision to transfer to, to clarkston to get into the 11 man game and um you know he's he's a special talent he's a big athlete and big athletes are hard to come by uh in the eight-man game so they're definitely going to miss him but I think they got one of the state's best players in terms of football in Mason Brown. That kid had a phenomenal year last year when he was basically sharing the stage with Titus Year out, who was the 1A Division I state player of the year. Um, and, you know, they've got some other good, some other good players, Terrell uh, Ellenwood-Jones. They've got him back. They've got Elias Year out. So they've got plenty of weapons. And that's the one thing we've talked about on this podcast before. They've the one thing Lapway always has is they have good athletes and you cannot go in there and, and not see a good athlete somewhere. You're going to see good athletes. And I think Mason Brown's one of the best. And I think he's one of the best in the state. And I think that that young man uh, by himself has a chance to, uh, to keep them in games and, and win some games. I think I would probably still lean Prairie by, by a whisker as, as that number one team in the white pine, but uh, I think you could go one through five and almost pull them out of a hat, put them in any order. And I don't know that I'd be completely confounded with the outcome. I like what Kamii has. I like what Clearwater Valley has. Um, Logos, Jack Driscoll coming back as quarterback. You know, they're not going to be shy about throwing it around. Uh, Potlatch has a little bit of rebuilding to do. They lost a lot of production off of last year's team. Uh, and, and Troy, likewise, they've, they've got some, uh, they've got some work to do. Those two teams, I think, have the farthest to go. Um, but, you know, that's that's why you strap it up and that's why you play the game. It seems like every year there's somebody like, oh, man, I didn't really see that one coming. 
maybe it's one of those two teams. Yeah, and um, Genesee, you know, brings back Angus Jordan, but they did lose a lot of the guys that he was getting the ball to. So, oh, Cy um, Wareham, that that yeah. was a big loss. That kid, uh, you know, I don't know, and I mean, and I know he got various all leagues and all states and whatnot, but when it came to talking about some of the top players in one A Division One football last year. I mean, how many times did you see it last year? It was third and 15, and I swear to God, I think that the play call was throw it up and have Cy go get it on one ready break, and, and they did it. You know, and they did it. They were able to execute it. He was a he was a tremendous player, and him and Jack Johnson being gone both really hurt Genesee, but at the same time, Angus Jordan's a heck of a player, and they've got some other good players coming back as well, and uh, they'll, they'll compete. They'll be in the mix. They will have a chance to have their voice heard. For sure. And then, you know, Clearwater Valley last year had the potential. They had such a gauntlet to start the year. They played in the eight-man classic, and then they had to play Prairie right away the next week. And it's just the white pine is tough, right? There's no easy games, but it seemed like CV was really stacked towards the front end of their schedule, and they just never could get that momentum going. We'll see if they can uh, attack the schedule a little better out of the gates this time. Coach Allen Hutchins always does a great job there. Uh, let's 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 talk about District Three, the Western Idaho Conference. We we mentioned it a little bit last week, where um, notice is kind of the overwhelming favorite, and the question is, can they get to the playoffs and and make some noise on a statewide level? Because it's just something that District Three hasn't been able to do. So the preseason poll is notice one, Idaho City two, Wilder three, Rimrock four and Greenleaf Friends 5? I'd say that's that, that that's a pretty safe pick. That's a pretty easy pick. Um, I like what Jason Rover has going at Idaho City. Um, I mean, Joe Woodland at notice, who wouldn't like you know to, to be bringing what he's bringing back? He's got to make a change at quarterback, but you know he unfortunately got a little bit of a jump started in the playoffs last year uh, when his starter got hurt and, and – uh, Guevara had to come in and play the rest of that game. So he got that taste last year, and now he kind of slides into that starter's role, and you still have Carter Woodland. You still have all those nice players on defense. They're they're going to be a tough team to handle, and I, and I like Idaho City. I think that they're going to be a team that, uh, you know, you want to talk about a program that takes on kind of their their leader's persona. You know, if you know Jason Rober, he's, he's a fairly, you know, unassuming guy. He's a pretty – simple guy but he he grinds man he, he grinds and he works and his teams reflect that they're not going to be super flashy they're not going to be full of trick plays and spice and dash and all that stuff what they're going to do is they're going to line up and they're just going to keep grinding you down the field and they've got a, a slew of running backs and they're going to put the ball in their hands and they're going to rely on that offensive line to create some holes push their way down the field and, and they're going to be a tough team to beat. And in Wilder, you know, Kyle Dalsolio has had a – he's got a nice thing going there. It's going to be interesting to see when they get the team on the field because they have graded out in terms of graduation some, you know, some of the best players in District 3 over the last three or four years. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see this year are they continuing – to bring in some of the best young players because they've they've had some success in the past doing that. Let's see if they can do it again. 
And, you know, uh, I'll say Rimrock is always a tough place to go play. Uh, they're always a physical team. Sam Ward in his second year uh, as coach at Rimrock, he's from Montana originally. And then, you know, Greenleaf friends, they're kind of like hitting the reset button. They're really starting over where their coach is actually from Gem State, Jeremy Perkins. It's kind of a combo between Gem State and Greenleaf. He said, I'll be honest, I didn't really have much to do with the team last year because um, – Tyler Hoagland was the coach and he he was in the Greenleaf building and there wasn't that many Gem State kids playing. So it's pretty much all new players to me. Uh, we'll see what I, I can't even tell you what kind of offense and defense we're going to run yet because we got to figure out who we've got and what we can work with. So they're kind of a, a hard reset, um, but it'll be interesting to watch their development uh, throughout the course of the season as well. Yeah, For both those teams. Um... You know, I, I think I think depth is going to be that that's going to be objective number one is they're going to have to to plug the holes and then work on filling that second layer. I think both teams have some good f- football players. Aiden McKeeso down at Rimrock is a is a good football player. They've had some good players over the years too. It's just you know, it's just it's just how many and can you keep those players healthy and can you keep them on the field and can you keep them producing? And um, Rimrock is that one team that always just they always seem to be you know, just kind of right there, maybe that one win away from breaking through. And, um, you know, maybe this is the year they get that win. Who knows? You know, we'll, we'll have to see because they've, they're, they're pretty consistently in that three win, four win category where, okay, you know, now let's go beat notice and really announce that we're here. You know what I mean? As an, I'm using that as an example. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've, they've got it, they've got a shot, but I think that, um, realistically, and I think that, that that Coach Horn would say this too. Hey, we, we've got to go prove it. You know, we can say all we want. We've got to get it done on the field. And um, you know, teams, you know, Notice has gotten it done on the field. Wilder in the past has gotten it done on the field. Idaho City in the past has gotten it done on the field. You know, you know, can Rimrock get into that get into that fight, so to speak, and land some punches? And if they can. You know, it's it, there. There's an opportunity for them to work their way up the standings and and be in position to play football in November. Definitely, I know this is a football podcast, but I had a quick basketball story that was so cool. I I broadcasted the one uh, A D one state tournament last year, and I got to see Rimrock make it. You know, I called up their coach. Uh, and I said, Hey, when, when was the last time you guys went to state? He goes, I'm honestly not sure. You know, I, I asked around the school and, and nobody was sure it's like our first or second time maybe ever. And then, you know, they lost their first game, but then they were playing in a loser out game against their district rivals from Liberty charter. And they, they got a win. And it was, I believe their first win ever at state in boys basketball. And the celebration was so awesome to see. And everybody, uh, representing Rimrock was there. The, the stands were packed with, with green clad fans. And so it was really cool to see that from Rimrock at basketball last year. So yeah, their girls basketball program had a run in the, yes. the early two thousands where they were one of the dominant programs. I mean, they were winning games every night, 58 to 12, 64 to 19. They were drubbing everybody. And then they were going to state and they were making some noise, but uh, the boys program, like you said, they, you know, they hadn't quite achieved that level. It was nice to see them. It, it's it's fun to see at the state tournament, be it football, be it basketball, be it whatever sport you want, that team that hasn't been there in a while. It's 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 really fun to watch those teams and just see see the excitement. When Clearwater Valley made the state football playoffs a couple of years ago for the first time in like 20 years, uh, just the the buzz in the community, I thought that's always one of my favorite things. 
definitely. Uh, so talking about schools that uh, have thin margins of error in terms of depth and bench players, let's swing the other way to a school that never seems to have that problem, and that's Butte County over in uh, District 5 and 6. They they are so loaded with, with good quality players every year. No surprise, they were picked as the preseason favorite in the High Desert Conference, followed by Grace, and then Chalice was picked third. The interesting wrinkle here is uh, Chalice and Mackey uh, are forming a co-op. Um, I, it still hasn't been officially approved, but I, I don't see why it wouldn't. Um, I think they're probably going to get the green light on this and play as a co-op. They will play Chalice's schedule. Um, how do you see this conversation shaking out? Butte County, uh, the runaway favorite? Here, they're going to have to hurry and get that thing approved because they're supposed to play Friday night against Castleford. Yeah, so, and, may- <laughs> and maybe it has, and I just haven't heard yet. You know? Yeah, that's entirely possible. No, I think it's uh, I, I think in, in my mind, it's it's pretty clear to see that Butte County is one. Uh, Trayton Allen's a kid that I think that could be in the running for 1A player of the year, assuming he's getting the ball 20 times a game. He's just a fantastic running back, and the, the offense that they run over there is conducive to, to what he does. So as long as he's getting the ball, he should get his numbers, and he'll be in the mix for all state, state player of the year, all that stuff. Uh, you know, Grace has a really dynamic player. Dallin Draper is a fantastic player uh, in his own accord. Um, he was the defensive player of the year in, in his league last year in that league. Really good player. Uh, he'll be back. Um, Grace, I think, has a chance defensively to be pretty good. And it's when you're talking about 1A football, um, you know, pretty good might be holding a team under 30 points. Um, you know, just give your, give your offense a chance to win it. You know, you're not going to have a whole lot of – you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, Iron Curtain defenses that are shutting everybody out. That just isn't going to happen in the eight-man game. So if Grace's defense can, you know, say give up 18 to 24 points a game, they're going to win a lot of football games. They're going to scrape together enough points on offense and do enough damage on offense where, you know, as long as they're not having to score 46, 48 a game to win, um, they'll, they'll win some football games. And then Chalice Mackey, you know, both teams had numbers concerns. Um, I think the number that I saw was uh, last year, the two programs competed separately. They each had 14 players and each graduated half of those kids. You know, it's hard to replace seven kids off a 14-man roster in one season. Um, so there's there's going to be some, there's going to be a learning curve when you're introducing some new players, especially somewhat late in the process here. It's not like they went to football camps together. They didn't do spring workouts together. Um, you know, they'll, they'll practice together and they'll, they'll work hard. They always scrap. They always play hard. They grind. They're going to get better. Uh, but it might take them a few weeks to find their stride because they'll be learning how to play together. So I think Butte County, the one, Grace, the two, Chalice Mackey, the three, I think is a uh, a pretty reasonable expectation of how that conference will play out. Yep. And Butte County has one of my favorite players just because of his name, Rebel Beard. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's a good punter. He could really. He, yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a stud. All right. Uh, so we uh, are doing the media polls again this year where various media members around the state vote each week. Uh, I am the representative for IdahoSports.com. I'll tell you how my top five went. Uh, last week was the first week of the polls, and since there were no eight-man games, nothing changed in my top five. So I had Oakley, number one, Butte County, number two, Prairie, number three, Raft River, four, and Cary, five. That's my top five, Will. What do you think? Uh, I like the one and the two. Um, I think three through about eight 
Um, I think those are those are going to have to play out a little bit. And there are teams, you know, I think Lapway is going to be in there. I think Kamii could be in there. Uh, I certainly think Grace could probably play their way in there. Notice could play their way in there. So I think that I think from three on down, it might just be an eye of the beholder thing. But I, I think that I, I would put Oakley and Butte County in in the top two spots as well. All right, let's move on to one A D two. Let's start in the White Pine League. That's where Kendrick resides, and they are kind of the overwhelming favorite coming into the season, only because they're the defending champions. They lost one player, period, off of last year's team, and they looked pretty dominant at times. The rest of the league, in terms of the preseason coaches poll, behind Kendrick, it's Lewis County second. Deary third and Timberline fourth. And honestly, between those three other teams, I, you know, I don't know who gets that second bid to the playoffs. It, it could be pretty competitive between all three. I think Lewis County has the best player in Ty Hamley uh, coming back, a, a run first quarterback who doubles as a linebacker. And, uh, you know, Chris Carter was famously the former NFL receiver. One of his coaches says all he does is catch touchdowns. Well, all Ty Hamley does is make plays. That's all he does. Um, you know, he's a, he's a really, really good football player. So I would give Lewis County uh, the edge for that number two seed based on Ty's presence, uh, you know, his presence there. Um, now, Kendrick, I mean, one player. Now, it was a good player, Mason Anderson. But that was the – they had one senior on last year's team, and they won the state championship. I think that their week one, and we'll come back to this a little bit later, but their week one or their their game this weekend against Notice in that eight man classic, I think that that's going to be a really good first game for them because the games that they struggled in last year, Genesee beat them, Oakley beat them. So your one A Division one teams gave them a few problems, and the fact that Notice is going to line up and they're just gonna they're gonna go hat on hat and they're gonna bang you around a little bit. And let's see how Kendrick handles that. I think they absolutely 300% have the talent to handle it. They have the ability to handle it. Um, I think there's a good chance they will handle it. But I think that that's the if that, that's the way you're going to have to beat Kendrick. You're not going to outskill them. They're they're just they're too good. They're too good. You're going to have to be able to wear them down. You're going to have to be able to win at the line of scrimmage and you're going to have to be able to control the clock because if the game is played in Kendrick's style and in Kendrick's tempo, Kendrick is going to win and they're probably going to win going away. Yeah, spoiler alert, Kendrick was my number one team in the media ballot I cast, which is not pretty surprising. Easy pick. My opinion, pretty easy pick, yes. Yeah, for sure. I'll get to the rest of the top five in, in just a little bit. Uh, let's stay up north. Uh, District 1, the North Star Conference, got a little bigger now. It's a five-team league. Uh, you've got incumbents uh, Mullen St. Regis, Clark Fork, and Kootenai, along with a couple of D1 dropdowns in Lakeside and Wallace. Here's how the preseason poll uh, went, according to the coaches. Mullen St. Regis was picked uh, one. Then it was Clark Fork, two. Wallace, three. Lakeside, four. Kootenai, five. I think the two best players in the league, I think you have Caleb Ball at Mullen St. Regis. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's going to his fourth year as the starting quarterback there. And you have Vander Brown at Lakeside, who's just a touchdown waiting to happen. Um Clark Fork has some questions. They graduated four pretty good seniors last year, including Carter San Roman, a kid who made a lot of plays there for a lot of years. They've got to fill his shoes. They've got some kids that can do it, but now they've got to go do it. Um, 
Wallace, to me, is the interesting team. Landon Streeter ran for 1,500 yards last year as the quarterback. You've got Parker Goldade, one of his playmakers on the outside. They're going to be able to make some things happen. Uh, and head coach Jared Young really liked the way his team came on down the stretch last year, and they they played their way into the 1A Division One playoffs. Now they had to play Oakley in the first round, didn't go, uh, or in the opening round, I should say, didn't go especially well for them, but they made it. And now once you wet that appetite a little bit, maybe it's enough to get a few extra kids in the weight room over the summer and get a few more kids signed up for camp and get a couple more kids to turn out once fall comes around. So they're a wild card team for me. And the thing that I'm really happy about for them is a change in the bracket where for years, the North Star, uh, basically ever since the North Star and the White Pine separated. So three, four years ago, whatever it was, they got one bid. And that one bid every year that they've had it has been Mullen St. Regis and Mullen St. Regis has deserved it. But there've been some years that Clark Fork has deserved it too. Let's, let's be honest. But they didn't get it because there wasn't a second bid coming out of that out of that conference. Now there is. So if Mullen runs out and goes eight and no, and you're a six and two Wallace, or you're a six and two Kootenai, or whoever it is, you're not just sitting there saying, well, well, that was fun. Let's get ready for basketball. You still got something to play for. And and I think there are a couple of pretty, pretty good teams up there that if they get into a state tournament setting, into a playoff setting, if the matchup is right, you know, they have a chance to to maybe make some waves. Yeah, real monkey's paw dilemma with Clark Fork. Hey, you finally get that second bid to the playoffs, but now you've got to get through Lakeside and Wallace and all these newcomers. So good luck. Right. Yep, for sure. Uh, let's let's jump down to the Long Pin Conference District Three. Um, people seem to forget that Horseshoe Bend was really good last year. Man, they're getting like no preseason buzz, no preseason hype. I really like Horseshoe Bend. They were picked second in the preseason coaches poll behind Council. So it's Council 1, Horseshoe Bend 2, Garden Valley 3, Tri-Valley 4, Meadows Valley and Salmon River tied for fifth, and then Cascade 7. To me, there's kind of a clear dividing okay. line. The top three all pretty good, all probably should make the playoffs. And then the next four are still kind of building their program up numbers-wise. See, I think Tri-Valley has a chance to join that top group. I think there is a little bit of a separation there. Um, you know, Meadows Valley is is still, you know, metaphorically speaking, they're still learning how to play. It's year two of the program. Uh, and I think that they'll be much more competitive this year if for no other reason than their kids are all a year older, a year bigger, and a year more experienced. Um, Salmon River they've they've got experience because they only lost one or two seniors off of last year's team they just don't have a whole lot of depth and then cascade you know we gotta we gotta see the engine start moving a little bit and but you know we don't know what they have we don't know how many kids they have we don't know what it's going to look like so we're all going to find that out together but you get up at the top um i think tri-valley has a chance i think i think you could make an argument that next year their window really opens up but, you know, they've got juniors on this year's team that it's their third year starting. Um, they've got seniors that it's their fourth year starting. So they're still a relatively young team, but it's a it's an experienced young team. And for head coach Justin Mink, that's obviously a great thing. Um, but I think you're, you've got a good argument that the top three, I think your best players in the conference reside in those top three spots. Uh, Tacoma Kelly at, at Garden Valley, who everybody's kind of earmarking as the third. There are a lot of coaches saying, "Keep your eye on that guy. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be a big problem this year." 
Uh, I think Horseshoe Bend maybe in some people's eyes get knocked down a peg because Colton Meyer isn't there anymore. But guess what? Blaine Meyer is. So is mm-hmm. Kaylin Jones. They've still got plenty of playmakers there. And then Council, you know, they they did lose Trinity Hoxie, which is going to hurt him a little bit. He was a good football player. But Wyatt Viney is a kid that I've had a couple of coaches tell me that's a kid if he wants to play college football someday, he will probably have that opportunity. Um, and, you know, Council, they've had some success in sending guys to college. JT Mahon playing some college football at one point. You know, Matt Paradis, who went on to play in the, you know, he's in the NFL right now. So they, they, they've had a little bit of success in, in that regard. So those top three teams and, and, and Tri-Valley on the edge, Tri-Valley's not going to be a team you can just kind of dismiss and pat them on the head and say, go sit at the little kids' table. They're going to fight for a spot at the big kids' table, but it's a crowded table. You know, that's, it's a, it's a pretty good top of the long pen conference. Definitely. Uh, and I, I see a similar division as we move one district over to district four in the sawtooth central conference. Um, the preseason coaches poll had, it was a tie for first Camas County and Castleford got an equal number of votes. So they tied for first Dietrich was third Hanson four Hagerman five Shoshone six to me again, it's pretty clear. The top three are all going to be pretty good. And then there's maybe a bit of a gap. And then I, I think Hanson maybe could, could challenge, but Hagerman, of course, first time they're, competing as a member of the conference in a couple years and Shoshone is a D1 drop down, but historically the last couple of years, they've also had uh, problems with numbers. I was a little surprised because in my mind, when I was thinking, um, you know, and I've been doing a lot of research helping with the, the, the football statewide previews, when I'm trying to find a team that I think, you know, eight versus eight, a team that can go up there and compete with, um, with Kendrick in a one game setting. One of the first teams that came to mind for me was Dietrich. Um, and, and I don't mean that disparagingly to, to Castle Ford or to Camas County at all, but you know, Cody power and Peyton Snedden, that's a pretty good one, two right there. You know um, that, that not every team in, in the classification is going to be able to emulate. So, you know, I, I, to me, I think Dietrich is probably the team to beat in that league, albeit, Castle Ford is certainly not far behind with Ethan Rowland coming back, among others. And then Camas County, they they lost a couple pretty big ponies off that team last year. A lot of good players coming back, and then obviously having a little success in the playoffs is going to help push them forward a little bit, a lot the same as, as what happened with Wallace up north. Um, but Dawson Kramer is going to be a big, big loss for them, and they're going to have to find somebody to replace not only his his physical traits, but his his leadership ability and his ability to just get behind the pads and knock some people back. So, you know, I would I would think in my mind it would be Dietrich and Castleford with Camus maybe a half step behind, and then you start getting into okay, who's going to bubble up from the bottom? Who's that team from that quote unquote second tier? that's going to make a challenge. Is it going to be Hanson? Is it going to be Shoshone? Shoshone won five games last year playing their hybrid JV and varsity schedule. So they got a taste of victory. Uh, the question is the pieces. They lost a lot of players. And uh, one of them that they lost, that Shoshone lost, Hudson Lucero, uh, pretty good pretty good running back slash defensive end, went to Dietrich. You know, Shoshone and Dietrich are, you know, they're practically overlapping on on uh, you know houses in subdivisions, those towns are so dang close. Um, so they lost Hudson Lucero. So who steps in and starts taking some of those some of those carries that 
that uh, a lot of people probably assumed that Lucero was going to wind up getting for, for Shoshone, except now he'll be uh, down the road in Dietrich. Yep. Uh, it'll be fascinating to watch that. Last year, that league was uh, really, you know, uh, there were four or five teams duking it out every week. And Camas County, of course, made the playoffs and had had the uh, ultimate first round knockout when they took out North Jam. And yep. speaking of North Jam, we'll go to the Rocky Mountain Conference, districts five and six. Uh, what was a four team conference uh, has shrunk down to three now. There, were the, I mean, Clark County will be playing, but not an official uh league schedule they're going to be kind of a hybrid varsity jv schedule again uh or for the first time we talked about that last week uh rockland was picked one water springs two north gem picked three and you're thinking boy north gem uh, they've kind of ruled the conference the last couple of years they were picked last and i think head coach Corey hatch is okay with that because he can say look nobody believes in us and we're going to go out and prove to everybody once again that we're the toughest they have to replace bridger hatch <laughs> you know, and it's when when you lose a kid that, you know, put up eight gajillion yards and about eight bazillion touchdowns uh, last year, when you have to replace him and he's off to play college football uh, back back east. So, you know, that's a heck of a football player that, that Corey Hatch is going to have to replace. And the thing that he says, and he's very unabashed about it, we're going to do what we do. And, you know, we're going to keep running the football. And if nobody stops us, we're just going to keep right on doing it. And until you stop us, we're going to keep around the football. We're going to keep scoring touchdowns and we're going to keep winning games. I think Water Springs with Drew Plocker, who is one of the more underrated players in, in especially Division Two, but just eight-man football in general, um, I think they're going to be a tough team. But, you know, Rockland is another one of those teams. That's probably the other one along with Dietrich. Um, if, if it turns into a one-on-one -on -one stare down between Kendrick and Rockland, you know, could, could Rockland play with them? And, uh, you know, Brigham Perman coming back after missing most of last season injured is going to be a big, big boost for, for Rockland and Gavin Perman throwing the ball. And then Teague Matthews, you're talking about a kid who's a junior in Rockland, Idaho, who's already getting some feelers from division one college football programs. I mean, that's amazing. You talk about the Cy Wareham effect when we were talking D1. Hey, it's third and 15. And here's the thing. Everybody in the field is going to know, you know, the 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 primary receiver is going to be Teague Matthews. we got to have our eyes on Teague Matthews. But knowing it's going to him and stopping him, two wildly different things. And and, and Gavin Perman, the quarterback there at, at Rockland, is, is one of the, um, you know, one of the kids who could be deemed as a passer. I think there are a lot of quarterbacks – um, that at, at the eight-man level that are exceptional runners and exceptional athletes who can pass but aren't necessarily passers. Uh, I think Rockland has a system that uh, allows them to develop a little bit more in terms of passers, and I think Gavin Perman's a guy that's going to be able to put up some serious crooked numbers, pardon the baseball analogy, uh, throwing the ball down the field because he's going to have some targets between uh, Brigham Perman, Teague Matthews, and any number of, of other you know, Bulldogs in Rockland. Yeah, and I know people are thinking, but boy, the, the Permans, there's been a lot of good Permans over the years. Well, guess what? There's <laughs> Get used to that for like the next 20 years. There's going to be more Permans coming. It's a big family over there. So, Yeah, and they're all cousins, and then yeah. there's like six more of them on the way, and yeah. you know, that's one of the fun things about small school football is those legacy kids like Oh, I remember his uncle. I remember his dad. I remember his older brother. And, 
you know, in, in Rockland, it's hard to forget them because half of them were just on the team last year. You know what I mean? Um, they've got uh, they've got two on this two or three on the team this year, including an incoming freshman, and then another co- a cousin who's not a perm or no, I'm sorry, not a, a perman, but he's a Woodworth. Yeah, uh, and that's the linebacker Cody Woodworth, who's a very good football player in his own right. Yeah, I, I did an interview with Titus Yearout after Lapway won the 1A D1 basketball championship last year. And I said, you know, now you're handing the torch off to uh, Elias, your younger brother. And he said, he's just the start of it. He goes, I've got like seven or eight younger siblings. So there, and it's boys and girls. So there's going to be a steady stream of Yearouts coming through Lapway as well. So that'll be fun yep. to keep yep. an eye on. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Corey Hatch, the coach at North Gem. We've got the quotes in, in the excellent preview that you wrote, Will. Everybody should go check it out at idahosports.com. It's right at the top of the homepage, all our football previews. Here's what he said. We have new guys, but the system will make them effective. We've only passed the ball 69 times in two years. This will not change. We intend to run the ball. We will run the ball, and there isn't any reason not to. Until somebody wants to stop the run, we're going to be a force in this league. We will be a tough out for anyone, and it shouldn't surprise anyone if we are contending late in the season to win this league. So I like the confidence there. The the high school that I played for, um, and granted, this is back, you know, covered wagons and one school, one room schoolhouses and, you know, no running water and all that jazz. But we ran the old school wishbone. And we had the old cantankerous coach that had been there for a bajillion years. And he he was very open with it, you know. Option A is always going to be the full ga- the the fullback right in that center guard gap. And if they're going to give it to us and we go down the field four yards at a time, we're going to go down the field four yards at a time. We're going to take six minutes off the clock and we're going to score a touchdown and we're going to put the pressure right back on you. And to a lesser degree, because that's not exactly what North Gem does, um, it's somewhat the same thing. Um, yeah, they're not gonna—they're not gonna hit the highlight reel, you know, ninety-five yard go route up the sideline to the wide receiver. But what they're gonna do is they're gonna go down the field eight, nine yards at a time, and they're gonna wear you down. And over the course of four quarters, if you're not in—you know—if you don't have great depth, or if you—if you're not in great shape. All of a sudden, those four-yard runs turn into seven-yard runs, turn into 12-yard runs, turn into gash plays. And that's how you see a lot of those games with teams like a North Gym or like the high school that I went to in Spokane, Gonzaga Prep. It might be 0-0 at the end of the first quarter. It might be 10-7 at halftime. And then all of a sudden, you look up at the end of the game, and the final score is 31-7 to because that style of play can really wear another team down. Yeah, uh, you're you were a bullpup. That's interesting to learn. Gonzaga, was, Prep. Gonzaga Prep, the brawny bullpups of the blue and white, and we were full of fight. <laughs> That's right. Okay, uh, I'll real quick give my top five for the one AD two media poll. Kendrick was one. I had Castle Ford two, Rockland three, Council four, and Mullen St. Regis five. I might flip Rockland and Castle Ford. I'm not decided on that yet, but. What do you think of my top five? I, I like the top five. The only thing I think I would do differently is is I would have Dietrich in there somewhere. I don't know if they're one, two, or three. Uh, I just I'd have a hard time convincing myself that they're lower than five. Um, but as far as the teams that you mentioned, I think once you get beyond Kendrick, I think that there's a, a puddle of teams. You know, Dietrich being one, Castleford being one, Council being one, Mullen St. Regis being one. Um, that they're gonna they're gonna have an opportunity to have their voice heard. They're gonna have a chance to make some noise, and it's just a matter of who does it. You know, it, it sounds so simple, right? I make it sound so easy. Oh, just just go do it. Just go do it. 
um, it, it's not going to be that simple because they're going to be playing some tough teams. Um, but, you know, the team that there are going to be some teams that have the opportunity. It's going to be put in front of them. They're not going to have to rely on somebody else to help them back in. They're going to be able to go in and earn it. All right, let's uh, preview really quickly what's coming up this week. Of course, the Idaho 8-Man Classic. You can uh, catch all three of those games on idahosports.com. Will, you're going to be there broadcasting with Paul yep. Kingsbury. Yep, yep, we're going to be there. And uh, I didn't make it last year, and uh, I will make it this year. And it's some teams that traditionally I don't get to see with my own eyes. I watch a lot of games on Idaho sports, but living in uh, the – I live out just outside of Caldwell. Having the opportunity to watch with my own eyes Kendrick, Oakley, Clearwater Valley. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, the matchups are Kendrick versus Notice, then Clearwater Valley versus Glens Ferry, and finally Prairie versus Oakley. Lapway was scheduled to play Rep River, but they had to drop out. Non-eight-man classic games of interest um, that I see. Uh, Rockland is at Camas County. We'll find out you know, how good the mushers really are right away. Um, other ones that are intriguing to me, Tri Valley at Idaho City. Those are two teams you're kind of bullish on, Will. It'll be interesting yep. to see how how those two um, shake out. Clark Fork is at Lakeside. First game of this new North Star League up north in the 182 ranks. Uh, that'll be interesting. Mullen St. Regis is going to host Superior, which was a juggernaut from Montana last year. I know they want a little revenge. Uh, they got shellacked by the Bobcats last year. That'll be interesting. One game they'll play every year because it's Mullen St. Regis. St. Regis is in Montana. Right. They'll play one game a year in St. Regis, and this is the game that's that's in St. Regis this year. Yep, definitely. Um, other, Those are kind of some of the D2 games I've got my eye on in terms of what's going on at the D1 level. Uh, Carry at Grace is going to be fantastic, I feel like. Those are two teams that are going to be fighting for, for playoff bids throughout the year. Uh, Kamii is at Lapway. So Lapway goes from not playing in the eight-man classic to playing a conference game against Kamii right out of the gates. That might be the best non-eight-man classic game, Kamii at Lapway. That's a really good matchup. It's it's a team with a, a ton of fantastic athletes, and, and Kamii's got plenty of good athletes itself, but – uh, you know, they're a team that's going to be able to kind of to bang on you a little bit, you know, that's going to not be as not be as home run ish. But, you know, they're going to single you to death to use the baseball analogy. And as we talked about with Lapway, man, they, they they've got two or three kids on that field at any given moment that they can go the distance on on any play. That's going to be that's going to be a really interesting matchup, um, you know, at Lapway. You know, you know that that's gonna that field's gonna be buzzing. That community, they love their athletes. They support their kids, hundred percent energy for their sports teams. Uh, that that one would be a lot of fun. That one would be that that should be a really interesting football game. Yeah. So uh, for the full schedule of games, you can go to idahosports.com and click on the scoreboard tab. That'll give you all the games that are going on this week. All right. Well, thank you as always for helping us break down. We got through all of the the conference previews in in about 45 minutes that's not bad hey we're better than we look what can i say <laughs> all right well have fun at the eight-man classic this weekend uh I'll, I'll we'll have to get your thoughts obviously and your analysis of what you saw on next week's edition of sure. the eight-man prep cast but until then thanks for tuning in everybody for will henneke i'm brandon bainey and we'll see you next time on idahosports.com